Hello, everyone. This is Pastor Joyce Erickson with BelieversBibleSchool.com. Thank you for joining me with this podcast. We are in a book study of the Bible, and we are already into chapter 12. I hope you've been following me along as we are walking our way through this whole book of Acts, verse by verse, and then giving expository explanation of what each verse is all about. And sometimes I go to the Greek meanings of certain words, uh, but I also look into a lot of the history and the culture of what went on back in those days to help you to understand here we are 2,000 years later to under, understand the scriptures today in the same way that, in this case, it would be Luke wrote it to uh, Theophilus, as we have learned in the very beginning, and he then sent it out to the various churches. And so the book of Acts is meant for you and I today, just as it was meant for the believers back 2,000 years ago. In chapter uh, 12, we learn the power of prayer that is shown in this chapter as Peter's death row sentence in prison was upon him and how an angel of the Lord miraculously delivered him out into safety. So let's start with verse 1 of the book of Acts, chapter 12. Now about that time, Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. Then he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. James, the brother of John, was one of Jesus' disciples who became the first apostle to be martyred. Well, he wasn't the first believer because we know of Stephen, who was a deacon in the church. He was martyred, and now James, the brother of John, is being martyred. He was the first one, and he certainly won't be the last, sorry to say. In a streak of violent persecution against Christians, James was beheaded under the rulership of Herod Agrippa I, with the sword meaning he was beheaded. Now, this kind of death shows us that James was killed under civil rule, under Herod Agrippa I, because Jews were only allowed to stone someone to death, and only if they violated the Mosaic law. Uh, King Herod Agrippa, he was ruler over Judea at this time. He had been the grandson of King Herod the Great, and uh, and it was King Herod the Great. It was whom Jesus was crucified under. But Herod Agrippa, like his grandfather, also sought political power by pleasing the Jews under his power. And, and, of course, we know that the Jews hated Jesus Christ so much they had him crucified. So here we find now James was beheaded under King Herod Agrippa, the first grandson, and then uh, of King Herod the Great. So what this did is began 
um, series of persecutions under the Christians. And we find ourselves in a similar situation like that of Jesus, who, of course, we know was also hated by the Jews. And it pleased Pilate and King Herod the Great to have Jesus killed to keep the peace within the domain of their authority. Verse 3 says, And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. Now it was the days of unleavened bread. Let me explain that. The death of James, the brother of John, occurred during the time of the Passover, which was in April in the spring. And, and the Passover was often referred to as the days of unleavened bread, just as we see in verse 3 here. And it was during this time, and it was called uh, unleavened bread, is because the Jews were forbidden to eat any leavened bread at this particular time. All right, so then let's go to verse 4. So when he, meaning Peter, was arrested, he put him in, um, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him intending to bring him before the people after Passover. So for fear that Peter would escape like he had before, you know, because if you recall, he, he had escaped from San Antonio's prison. Uh, Peter was chained by two guards within his cell, one cuffed on each hand or ankle, and two guards were outside of his cell. So verses 5 and 6. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was being offered to God for him by the church. And when Herod was about to bring him out, that night Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers, and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. So we know that following the death of James, fear had come upon the believers in Jerusalem, and now they are praying for Peter because he's about to be killed. So with such, they gathered together for prayer at the home of Mary, the mother of John Mark. So and when it says constant prayer here, as in verse 5, it, and in the Greek it means it was fervent, it was intense as they were praying for Peter to God. And so because it was the time of the Passover, with thousands upon thousands of Jews celebrating the feast, fearing a riot, they chose until um, it, it would be better to wait until after the feast. And as far as that goes, even Jews could not conduct any business whatsoever um, that would would be going on during feast time. It was simply designed for the uh, for the feast. And of course, King Herod knew that. And King Herod also knew that because of his political intentions to please the Jews, gain popularity and keep the peace, he knew it was best to wait before sentencing Peter on charges of being a believer in Jesus. 
Peter sat in prison the entire time, chained to two guards until the end of Passover. And it was during that time, as we said, prayers were continually, intense prayers, were being offered by the believers in Jerusalem for Peter's release. And now we're going to see the power of prayer. Verse 7 and 8. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and the light shone in the prison, and he struck Peter by the side and raised him up, saying, Arise, quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. Then an angel said to him, Gird yourself and tie on your sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, Put on your garment, in other words, his outer cloak, and follow me. This was the night before Peter was to stand before Herod to receive his sentence. And he was asleep between two soldiers who were also asleep with two sleeping guards outside the prison cell. And then suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared before Peter in his cell, and he told him to put on his sandals and his cloak with instructions to follow him. So verses 9 and 10. So he, he went out and followed him and did not know that what was done by the angel was real. But he thought he was seeing a vision. When they were past the first and the second guard posts, they came to the iron gate that led to the city, which opened to them of its own accord. And they went out and went down one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. So here we have Peter thinking he's seen a vision or he's dreaming. And as he was being instructed by uh, an angel of the Lord, and in his vision, he's, he, at least he's thinking in his vision, he's following him through the open cell door, past the two guards. And first of all, he was released with the shackles around him. And then he came to the iron gate from the that uh, of the temple that led into the city. But the interesting thing is suddenly the huge iron gate, it was a huge, huge iron gate, opened on its own. And Peter continued to follow an angel down a certain road when suddenly this angel just disappeared. Verse 11. And when Peter had come to himself, he said, Now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me from the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the Jewish people. It was then that Peter realized he wasn't dreaming, but God had sent an angel to deliver him from the hands of Herod and the Jewish people who had refused Christ. God was truly watching over him. Verse 12, So when he had considered this, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, John Mark, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. Now the angel of the Lord had led Peter down a specific road so that God was leading Peter to where he needed to go. That road led 
to the house of Mary, the mother of John Mark, because that is where his company of believers were there praying for his release. Verse 13 and 14, And as Peter knocked on the door of the gate, remember all um, all homes had gates, they had fences, because a lot of them had livestock that was attached to their home, and so you had to have them fenced in. So here again, um, Peter knocked on the door of the gate. A girl named Rhoda came to answer, and when she recognized Peter's voice, because of her gladness, she didn't open up the gate, but ran in and announced that Peter stood before the gate. So here we have Rhoda hearing the knock. She came to the gate and she recognized the voice of Peter. And in her excitement, instead of opening up the gate, she ran back into the house to tell everyone, Peter is here, forgetting she she forgot to open up the gate. Verses 15 and 16. But they said to her, You are beside yourself. Yet she kept insisting it was so. So they said, It's his angel. Now Peter continued knocking. And when they opened the door, they saw him and they were astonished. I think it's kind of interesting that the prayers inside the house they didn't believe Rhoda claiming oh it had to be his angels and but she kept insisting Peter is outside and Peter kept knocking on the door and I'm sure in fear of exposure until these prayers got up and finally opened the door for him then they could see Peter in the flesh and they were astonished While they were praying in earnest, and, and as I had read earlier, in constant prayer, that means that it was intense prayer. Somehow their faith didn't, just didn't match up with the intensity of their prayer. Verse 17 says, But motioning with them with his hands to keep silent, in other words, shh, he declared to them, how the Lord had brought him out of prison. And he said, Go tell these things to James and to the brethren. And he departed and went to another place. So we have, for fear of exposure, Peter with his hands motioned to them, Be quiet, shh. And then told him how the Lord had delivered him out of prison. And then he proceeded to tell them, Go tell James, this is not the brother of John who had been beheaded by Herod. He's talking about the earthly brother of Jesus who was a prominent leader now within the church. And then go tell the other believers because Peter knew that that James had a leadership place in in the church. And it was time that he placed it in someone else's hands because he needed to flee Jerusalem. He needed to leave as quickly as possible. He needed to hide out for a while. Verse 18 and 19. 
Then as soon as it was day, there was no small stir among the soldiers about what had become of Peter. But when Herod had searched for him and not found him, in other words, he probably was so upset, he went tearing down to the prison himself. He examined the guards and commanded that they should be put to death, which is really was a common practice. If you could not guard your prisoner, you were not worthy to be a guard and they would kill them. So none of the guards, they they didn't know anything about it. They were asleep and he disappeared. So Herod commanded that each one on duty that night were put to death. And so Peter went down from went from Judea to Caesarea and he stayed there. Now this is interesting. King Herod also left Jerusalem and he also went to um Caesarea, but he went to his palace in Caesarea by the sea to conduct some needed business. Little did either one of them know that the other one was in the same city. So what was happening with King Herod, and and this is Herod Agrippa I, the leaders of Tyre and Sidon, they were neighboring cities, wanted to make peace with Herod Agrippa because they needed food that came out of Herod's country for themselves. And remember, famine was going on in various parts of the countries. And since Herod was already angry with them, for doesn't say what reason, the leaders of Tyre and Sidon made friends with Bladus, the king's personal aide, to gain his favor upon them. And so when Herod came to Caesarea, their intentions were to please him with every respect, relying upon the favor of Bladus, Herod's personal aid, to get that food that they needed for their city. So verse 21 says, So on a set day, arrayed in royal apparel, Uh, Herod sat on his throne and he gave an oration, a big speech to them. So Herod, with all his pomp and circumstance, dressed in his royal attire, he sat upon his throne and he gave this eloquent speech. In verse 22 and 23, And the people kept shouting, The voice of a God and not a man. Then immediately... An angel of the Lord struck him, meaning Herod Agrippa I, because he did not give glory to God, and he was eaten by worms and died. Herod enjoyed all the praise that was upon him, and we know that he did not give glory to God. He was taking it upon himself. Um, and besides, Herod probably was not a believer in God at all. So as such violent pain immediately struck him in the stomach, and five days later he died. Now, the ancient Jewish historian Josephus, he's, he, um, he was a great historian of that day, said that a 
severe pain arose in King Herod's belly, and he um, began in pain in the most violent manner. When um, and when he was quite worn out by the pain in his belly for five days, he departed this life. And that comes from um, Antiquities, number 19, 8.2. Okay, Herod's judgment. Herod had fought against God by killing James and was planning on doing the same thing with Peter. He believed he was more powerful than God and uh, against God's people as well. And however, God showed Herod who was really in charge. So Herod's death, um, his death was his judgment upon the earth only to face eternal judgment for all eternity. As such, the church was now free from its tyranny. And because Herod Agrippa I was now dead, the unbelieving Jews were not quite as brave as they were before when the king was showing them favor toward them. So as a result, they stopped their persecution of the believers throughout Jerusalem for that time being, and the gospel continued with many Jews coming to know Christ. And verse 24 says, But the word of God grew and multiplied. Okay, verse 25. And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had fulfilled their ministry. In other words, they were bringing um, uh, food and necessary provisions from Antioch because of the famine that was going on. So Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had fulfilled their ministry. And they also took with them John, whose surname was Mark, known as John Mark. Barnabas and Saul, as shown in chapter 11, we know had brought down relief efforts for the believers because of the poverty and the famine that was going on. So on their return trip, now they brought John Mark with them, and he was the son of Mary, not not Mary, the mother of Jesus, a different Mary, where many believers in Jerusalem regularly met for prayer, worship, and fellowship. So, what are some of the lessons that we have learned from this chapter? We have seen, first of all, that believers do live under persecution when evil men who do not want them around. We've seen where James was martyred, but Peter escaped. Now, why was Peter saved and James was not? That we don't know, other than we know that Jesus had specifically called Peter to begin the church. James, he went on to glory to receive his reward, but Peter stayed upon the earth. We do know that Jesus called Peter, as I just said, to begin the church, and Peter was fulfilling his call when he was arrested. And God had still had a lot of work for Peter to do while he walked upon the earth, so God's divine protection was upon him. We saw the power of God working when earnest prayers from the believers were spoken out because Peter was miraculously delivered. 
And what God did for Peter back then, God still can do for us today. We also saw that God will only allow wickedness to go just so far before he puts a stop to it. Nobody had to do anything but God. But God, in his timing, took evil out by striking Herod down, Herod down and he died. So there we have it. And in our next uh, next podcast, our attentions will leave Jerusalem and we will turn to the city of uh, Antioch. And let's see how God was moving to further the gospel in that city as well. So thank you for joining me today with this podcast. And we will continue in our next podcast with chapter 13. I hope you're following all along as we are going through the book of Acts, verse by verse, and with expository meanings to it. So thank you for joining me, and we will talk in the next podcast. God bless you.